What's up, guys? Welcome to the Humans of MarTech podcast. His name is John Taylor. My name is Phil Gamash. Our mission is to future-proof the humans behind the tech so you can have a successful and happy career in marketing. What's up, everyone? Today on the show, we're joined by an exceptional MarTech mastermind, Dave Rigotti. He's the co-founder and CEO of Inflection.io, a marketing technology startup focused on helping companies with product-led growth. Before building his own company, Dave has had a fascinating career in marketing. He got his start at Microsoft, working on the Bing marketing team just as a search engine was launched. He quickly discovered his love for growth in B2B marketing. He then spent half a decade at Visible, a marketing attribution platform, where he worked his way up to VP of marketing and was part of the successful exit to Marketo. He then spent a year at Marketo running ABM and Demand Gen before they were famously acquired by Adobe. At Adobe, Dave was director of account-based marketing focused on Marketo and Magento products. Last year, while working on Inflection, he also launched the product-led marketing community, which has more than 700 members and is continuing to grow. Dave, we're excited to have you on the show, man. Thanks for taking the time. Oh, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Excited to to geek out and and chat MarTech. (laughs) Yeah, it was super excited to have you on. Dave, when I first met you, I was my wife was pregnant with twins and I discovered that you're also a twin a twin dad as well. And uh yeah, you gave us gave me some great advice uh back then on on being a twin dad and listened to most of it as well. So thanks for that too. No problem. Yeah, identical twin. Boys almost four now. It's a it's a whirlwind. <laughs> Enjoy it. Enjoy the moment. Yeah, your your testament that I will survive. There's there's seven months right now, and there's there's it's touch and go from time to time. But Dave's still making it, so I have hope. Seven to nine months is my favorite age. <laughs> it's an awesome stage. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, just starting to roam around. Um, <laughs> we probably talk twins all day, but uh, I want to <laughs> I want to talk to you about product product led marketing or product led growth, like. What do you see as a stubs, substance of PLG and, and what is the difference between PLG and like customer-led growth or other forms of growth that, uh, that people are talking about in marketing these days? Yeah, I think um, a, a way to, to kind of frame this or think about it is who, who the marketing is kind of, kind of serving. Um, I've spent a long time in my career doing marketing to essentially serve sales teams. Like every question comes back to, will this generate more pipeline or what can we go do that will lead to more, more pipeline. Um, and it's all about like doing marketing to sell something. The difference with product led growth and the kind of marketing um, lens of, of PLG is like, certainly you're, you're, you're selling something in the, at the end of the day, like you need people to, to buy your product, but it's so much more than that. Now it's about trying and, and using and expanding and, it's kind of flipped a lot of things up uh, up around about just what are we what are we doing as a marketer and um, sending like I was talking to somebody yesterday they were asking me if advice on how they can send an email when um, somebody does the first thing in their product they want to email them a star a congratulations email like what a cool a cool just like brand engagement that if you were kind of more of a traditional SaaS like marketer that you're just trying to generate pipeline. You would never, you never go do that. But what an awesome brand moment. Very cool. People in tech love to find new ways of like avoiding calling marketing, marketing and like <laughs> growth hacking, conversational, <laughs> conversational marketing, community led growth, and now like product led growth, right? Like yeah. what do you say to all those folks who claim that like PLG is just another one of those buzzwords that eventually will fail into the marketing ether of buzzwords? 
Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, and also, yeah, is it uh, what is it? It's been around forever and all this stuff. And it's like, look, all, all that stuff's like true. <laughs> like, like it is not new. It's been around for for a long time, but it is much more at the center of the conversation because the largest, kind of most valuable, fastest growing SaaS startups now are all all product led or or have a, a pretty strong product led product led motion. And so, yeah, coining a term just makes it easier to talk about. Um, it's not like it's not even vendors like coming up with these terms either. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's not completely brand new, but I think um, really operationalizing it uh, is like it product like growth, especially in the early days, has been something that was kind of thought of as a, like a product function. Um, and that's not true, like at, at all. Like certainly it's, it is part of the product function, but it needs alignment across marketing, sales, success. Like it doesn't replace sales teams. And so it needs to be like broader than just the kind of product org. So it's a good way just to like frame it and think about it from a, a product perspective. But, and then like, how do all these teams go support the products, support the, the growth um, lens of, of PLG? Like that is a bit newer. Mm-hmm. So like traditional sense, like generate leads, serve sales. PLG is more like using your product as part of your go-to-market and it's a bit more customer centric, but I'll go back to like, like I've seen so many Twitter debates about this and like you, you've jumped into a lot of them too. Like, what do you say to those folks who claim that like PLG has been around for decades? Like you just said, like AppQ's MailChimp have been doing like free trials and, and freemium services. Like what, what about the folks that say that like PLG is just re- essentially repackaging trial models and it's yeah. like the old marketing playbook potentially for like that SMB segment, the folks that don't have time to like spend like 10 to 14 days, like doing uh, like sales led calls and like the free trial, right? Yeah. I think one, there's, there's kind of two, two perspectives on it. One is that it's, it's um, the kind of early product led companies were only SMB. They only service SMB. Um, You can now like take Figma, for example, you can, use it for free as a student you can use it as your business with one license or you can be Microsoft and buying a thousand licenses. Mm -hmm. Um, So it really spans kind of all sizes of organizations now, not just SMBs and the kind of um, the, the best like product led businesses have really sophisticated like ABM motions and, and expansion motions, like instead of ABM to net new prospects, it's ABM into your customers basically because you have a lot of product data about them and how they're using the product and are they a good fit for a different tier or um, expanding to different, different orgs. And so I think that that aspect is, is new. It's, it's not just for SMBs and, but um, understanding product usage as part of a ABM motion and intent and intelligence, like that's the best intent. <laughs> like what are they, how often are they using your product? Uh, so I think that that's kind of one. And then two is, it, it, it's so much more than just free trials. Like, yes, that is one, that is one method. That is one pricing model. There's also just like seat-based pricing, like don't offer a free trial, but charge $10 a month per seat. Like that's one model. Another could be just pure usage and consumption. Like AWS, everyone gets the same product, whether you pay a dollar a month or a million dollars a month. Like that is also product-led. Open source, another great example. Like this is where I started to run into it at Adobe working on Magento and just the, an open source model is a product-led growth 
motion. And so I think there's a lot of different pricing models beyond just, hey, let's offer a free trial. It, it is more broad than that, but that is one and it is a very effective model, but it's not the only one. You know, and I've been in SaaS for over a decade and, you know, we've seen like, when I think of product-led growth, I often think of like growth hacking. Like that was the all the rage when I when I got in. The one, and this is very anecdotal, I wanted your take because I know you talk to a lot of different companies. One of the big differences, at least in my day-to-day is now engineering and design teams are talking about product-led motions. They're not, it's not just growth hackers necessarily coming from the outside, but that's very subjective to my own experience. What are you finding in terms of product-led companies? What's different yeah. from maybe five, 10 years ago yeah. than, than today? I think it's much more mature. Like um, the company's doing growth hacking. I mean, I would say I was a growth hacker and back in the day, I was like, you're always trying to find like, what's, what's my angle? Mm-hmm. Um, and when, what's my clever way to use the product or do something with marketing to, to make it work a lot better. Um, but they were all like kind of very, like very like specific tactics mm-hmm. and they worked. I mean, it's great. Like you should always be thinking that way as a, as a marketer or a growth person, but very like kind of specific tactics. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't go say like, Hey, our, we're, a, we're a growth hacked business. Like mm-hmm. that, that implies that it's yeah. like it's duct tape and, and paper clips, um, which was like kind of true. So I think it's like the, the grown up version of that. Like um, it's not just like a growth person or a growth hacker, like pulling the strings to make it happen. It is the alignment across the whole org, like, you know, bottom to the top, side to side. It, it's everyone's along like, into that and you can like you're talking about it with investors you're talking about it and like you now see product-led growth in in um ipo prospectuses so it, it is like you would never you would never go public and say like hey we've gotten here and our and our our plan is for the next two years of being a public company is is growth hacking <laughs> so i think yeah. it is like the more kind of like evolution of it and the kind of slightly more like mature uh, like maybe we're like the teenage years <laughs> of, mm. of like what that means, but yeah, a little bit, a little bit bigger. Do you think that like a company that has like a demo form on their website as kind of like their main CTA, like are they anti product led growth or is there still like room for that or do they need to like transition? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think there, there's, um, you can have, you can say request a demo and try now, like I've seen that um, like Slack is just like a good example. Like if, if you're like evaluating Slack and you're at a really big company, like you might not be able to actually physically like install Slack on your systems. <laughs> and so if you need to, to go try it out, like the best way to do that is through a demo. And you might have like a bunch of security and privacy questions you get through mm-hmm. before you can even get to like a free trial. So there's like definitely a, a, a time and a place for, for demos. And so I don't think you're anti if you, if you have that. Um, and if you only have that, maybe though, I've seen some like pretty interesting companies where they, they're PLG on the expansion part, but not on the, like in it, the, the, on the land and expand on those terms, they're not PLG on the land, but they're PLG on the like expand. Mm-hmm. And then they really think about like, adoption across multiple products and being really intelligent about how to, how to upsell and cross sell and how to 
how to get um, lots of users at big companies. And so I've seen some, that's like, it's pretty PLG on the expansion, but they don't offer like, hey, just sign up. Interesting. I, I didn't, I've never heard of it like described like that. Like that, that's a cool point. Like a lot of, a lot of our listeners are, are kind of based in Ontario and Canada. And like, there's definitely like a big presence of like enterprise type companies. So like as yeah. like a B2B buyer myself, like, do you think that like some B2B buyers, especially like enterprise companies actually prefer the sales led models? Like I'm sometimes sure, yeah. like I don't always ah. have like 14 to 30 days to poke around in a free trial and like figure it out on my own, check out the docs. Like sometimes I just need to uh, have a sales rep, like sit down, show me around, like answer a bunch of my questions and still like, uh, like, and tell me that my problem is going to be solved. Totally. Yeah. That, I think mean, that's really true. A lot of buyers prefer just to like go in and try it and test their own assumptions. And that's awesome, but not everyone does. And mm-hmm. especially like as bigger you get, like you have much, you, you essentially start to get to like, here's my RFP, like here's my specific things that I need to confirm as I buy this piece of software, show me and tell me how to do that. Like, I don't want to become an expert in your product as part of a free trial to figure out if it'll answer those questions, like Mm -hmm. answer those questions, then we will use your product and become experts. And so, yeah, there's absolutely like cases for that. And not every business should be product led. (laughs) Like there's like definitely businesses that should be sales led and you should have requested demo and that's your only CTA and that's how you operate. And, that's great. There's like definitely, definitely time and places for that and orgs for that. And, um, you don't need to be product led, <laughs> mm-hmm. but even those companies like have opportunity, like down the funnel, like you mentioned, like expansion oh, yeah. and like activation to like get yeah. into some of that PLG stuff. Yeah. Especially like the bigger, the bigger you get, the more products you tend to have. And if you have like right. eight, nine products, like, Hey, if they're using this, the little features, some features as part of product a, and our, when you start using those features, okay, let's upgrade you to a solution, which is a whole different product to add even more controls on it. That's great. Like that's, that's like adding, taking product intelligence and, and using that to uh, expand an account. That, that is product that growth. You, you kind of touched on something that I think we we want to dive a little deeper into, which is that the data signals, right? Like the data signals in my mind and the PLG model, like that's the raw material of the craft, like without these inputs. So, yeah. you know, what does the landscape look like in terms of getting these data signals into into your automation, email, whatever channel you're going to use to work yeah. with your users? Yeah, this has been, so we've I've spent the past year and a half now talking with, uh, probably hundred like marketing op folks, head of marketing ops at product like companies. And everyone is doing it differently. Every, everyone has a standard, like not a standard setup. Yeah. I, I think if you were to like go at like a traditional SaaS business, you, you take the serious decisions, demand waterfall, make a couple of tweaks. Like you have a good understanding of what like a stage zero opportunity looks like you can get to like 90% of the way on like a, a setup pretty easily and just say, we, I'd be like, okay, I understand your funnel product led. And it's, you know, just so like CRM based and product led, you're right. It's this whole, you, you have to harness product data. If, if you're, if you're not like, you can't, you can't be product led or it's, mm-hmm. I've never seen anyone who, who is doing product led and, and not have like, a, a lot of product events and, and being able to use them and harness them. And so we, we started getting a lot of questions about like, 
what what product analytics vendor should we be using? Um, should that be owned by products? Should marketing ops like start to own it and, and prescribe what events we care about in marketing? That's brand new for marketing ops. What should the schema actually look like? Like what events should go in the data warehouse? All of them? Should they be one table, separate tables in the data warehouse? Like I've never thought about what data warehouse should we use? Like what's the difference between Snowflake mm. and Redshift? And these are all like from a MarTech, marketing ops perspective and a MarTech perspective, brand new questions for a lot of like a lot of people. Um, and they're being pushed to marketing ops, which, you know, puts marketing ops in like tough positions because everyone's uh, like kind of starting from scratch here. Uh, there is no frameworks and models and you can't go just like download an ebook and be like, okay, here's what the best companies are doing. And so that was like a, a big like realization in the last like year and a half that, you know, there's, there's a lot of education and a lot of, a lot of content that can be made to really help people out. That's why we started product-led.marketing was, was to, to bring people together to share those best practices. And especially for bigger companies to share, you know, what is their setup and like, how was their, how was their schema and their data warehouse? And so I think there's a whole set of kind of questions that need to get answered there. And then once you have a setup, like, how do you go put it into action? And that's a whole, a whole separate thing. Yeah, definitely easier said than done. Like I think back in my time at at close and like we were using a stack of segments that was like basically touching a lot of our products and pushing a lot of our data to customer IO was, was our our email sending platform. And like something that we were trying to like make the shift from is like going from an MQL to a PQL and like we can, we can skip the whole like debate on like which, which one we can do. But like, I actually (laughs) think that like during my time there, when we were like investigating it, like both models need kind of this like demographic component, but I think like the PGL model like introduces the product engagement component of, of that definition. And so the, 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 the differences are definitely blurry, but like, how, how do you define PQL and like, especially like when your product is constantly changing, like at close, like we're pumping out, like, and shipping things like really, really fast at WordPress. Like we just released 5.9 and it's dramatically like reshaped how the project, uh, the product is defined, like a PQL model is like so dynamic like how how do you define that when the product's changing so fast yeah i i, I think it's it, yeah it's, it's no different from like an mql like that is constantly changing and uh, i've been in like you know weekly meetings where you know bdr leaders like it's it's too tight or it's too loose or <laughs> you know we need to like do these different things like I watch a lot of car racing and I feel like you're like, you have to be like a race engineer to like, just figure out like <laughs> what's the right MQL model. Yeah. So I think it's the same thing there, but with product data um, and like, it's going to always evolve. It's going to always change and you should always be evaluating and changing your MQ, MQL model. But I think that's like, that's, you know, this gets to like why we built in, inflection, a, a marketing automation product specifically for, like product-led growth and, and B2B companies is like A, accessing the product events is difficult. So we built a product that is built on top of the data warehouse, built on top of, of segment data to make it really easy for marketers and go to market teams to like go do stuff with that, build audiences, build, build segmentation. And then, you know, over time, we're building so much more of what you would think of in marketing automation with product data. You know, so like generating PQLs, like just like you would generate an MQL with Salesforce data, you still need that kind of data to generate a great PQL, but you also need product data, you know, attribution, like, you know, sales, 
like a sales insights, like, you know, you don't want to just push into Salesforce, what emails people open, but also need to think about, you know, what, what did that account do in the product? And so I think we're going to see like, as you, you know, P PQL is like the kind of the first thing that you think of as like a marketing automation product or like, and maybe another way to put it would be like the workflows that marketing ops goes through. PQL is kind of the, that, that sort of first workflow that is, hey, it's, it now needs to be with product data. And you're going to over time see that for everything else. Like attribution, it's not just about like how much pipeline was created in Salesforce. It's about what they did in the products. Mm -hmm. yeah. Sales insights, like all of these things over the next few years are going to get rebuilt for with like product data um, at the center of it. Yeah, the MQL model does feel somewhat like jury rigging when you're in a SaaS freemium or SaaS trial environment. <laughs> like you're, you're, you're prospecting for sales, and and ultimately all sales cares about is product engagement themselves, and they're diving into Mixpanel or whatever solutions that that, that you have available, depending on your company. You know, <clears throat> I've definitely heard uh, CEOs. Maybe it's just in my circle, but they're like PLG equals fire all your salespeople. <laughs> um, <laughs> it definitely happens. Um, but like, what do you see the role of like one-to-one -one human contact for, for customers in a PLG model? Is it success and support team enabled? Is it, you know, sales first with like a slightly different view on things? Like how do you seeing it influence the sales side? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I, yeah. I've seen the like lines to like a product that sells itself. And I think that's a, it's a nice bold statement, but it's not, it's not true. Um, you, the, the, the best, like when you think of like the best product-led companies out there, they have extremely sophisticated marketing and enterprise motions um, that involve like lots of intelligence for um, AEs, BDRs, or maybe you call them product specialists, um, but they're essentially BDRs or SDRs. And then CSMs even um, getting really not, it's not just about Hail your, your quarterly business review where we talk to you about our new features. It's like CSMs are like getting into the product usage of this, like of this account being really intelligent. So I think like there is a high need for, for humans and uh, I have not seen uh, product led replace any, anyone. Um, unless you were just like extremely small SMB and just never had sales to begin with. Um, but I've never seen a, a business that has uh, sales to more than extremely small SMBs, like lay anyone off. Uh, they're, they're hiring more salespeople now because they're growing so fast. I think it like, it, it always comes back to like, like to prioritization, like who do you want sales to talk to today or that SDR or that, that CSM. And so there are accounts and there, there are, our users are really just accounts that you want to be like on top of like if Microsoft signs up for this, like for this product, like they're going to get the red carpet. I don't care if it's mm -hmm. 10 users or a, a fat, like, you know, 50, like the, the TAM on this account is so high. We should just put everything against it. Mm -hmm. And then there's like, you know, if my, if my, if my mom went and signed up for Figma, I, I'm, I really hope that like a CSN doesn't reach out to, to, <laughs> to say welcome to, you know? So I think there's like, a, you need to be really good about prioritizing the team's time because there's going to be more people to talk to than you have bandwidth for and being too peanut butter it is, is pretty bad. And then the second is for all of those people that you're not having a one-to-one -one connection with, how do, you, how do you still 
how do you still build that brand affinity and make sure you guide them in the product? And this always comes, comes, just keeps coming back to like product data, like marketing teams and in marketing automation and email, like harnessing product event data to um, guide users. Like they had, if they got stuck in the product, send them an email. If they um, personalize onboard journeys, not just based on like, you know, every 24 hours send a new email, but like based on their events um, in the products. Um, and so being really intelligent about how you, how you do that. Uh, so somebody once said to me, it's, it's no, it's not about personalizing, personalizing anymore. It's about contextualizing. Like mm -hmm. you want to contextualize your engagements based on like what they've done in the product. And certainly like, you know, highly personalized emails help do that, but they're kind of one-to-one -one emails and, and triggers just end up being like very, very critical. For, you know, for our listeners, somebody who's, who's thinking their company is SaaS or in, in a position to be PLG, but they're not PLG. Like what are the first steps for a marketer who's, who's looking to advance this motion in their own company? Like how yeah. would you, how would you build a PLG motion as a marketer in, in a small SaaS company? Yeah. It's really hard to go at it alone. Um, like probably not possible, but you can build a really great case. Mm -hmm. um, you know, this was actually some of my favorite you know, I started at Visible in 2013. Attribution, you know, this is almost 10 years ago, I guess, was pretty new for a lot of folks. And um, we would get questions like this pretty often, like, hey, I'm a marketer. Like, I really believe that we should be thinking about, like, the effectiveness of our, of our ads and our marketing. And we're not really, can you help me build a case? And so they would take our content. They would go out. They would build, like, a uh, a presentation about like why we should care about it as a team. And then, you know, they get say, okay, go, you're our, you're our attribution expert now. And then these people like a year later would all, all email back and say, Hey, I got promoted. Like I, I went from like a, you know, associate marketer to like head of, head of like marketing effectiveness, you know, kind of yeah. like uh, uh, upskill their, their role. And I think those were like the, those were the coolest emails I ever got in my career. And like, why I love building MarTech software mm -hmm. um, and like why we started inflection is, is like for those moments for people to, to get promoted um, to, to kind of really own it. So it, it may seem daunting that like you do need product, you do need like infrastructure changes. You, you do need a CEO and a, and a head of sales, you know, all on board. Um, so you can't do it alone. Like, and, and you shouldn't feel like you, you have a shot at it doing it alone. You need to get other people involved. And the best way to do that is go build a cool case about it. Mm -hmm. Go like help people imagine like what it would look like. And then you can end up like maybe even being like head of growth or head of product like growth. And I think it's a cool way to um, build, build your own promotion. And mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you have to go, you have to go build a, build a case for it. And you can come to productlet.marketing, see how other people are doing it, ask questions. Like the group would be happy to help out uh, in building that case. Yeah, I'm, I'm a member of that community, full disclosure, and it's an awesome community. I, I'm more of a lurker because I'm, I'm changing a lot of bums in my house these days, but uh, it's, a, it's, it's a great, it's a great community. You, you know, I want to, I want to riff for a second on, on, like we talked about the buzzword of PLG and um, I'm not so skeptical about PLG. Like I'm, I'm kind of bought into it because I'm seeing yeah. it more and more with, again, not just marketers, but it's the CEOs, it's the dev teams, UX, like, yeah. are you finding that there's a, like, we, we just discussed this, like you need a partner, you need, you need some help to get that product usage data, at least to get the ball rolling. Are you finding that there's more like engineering partners available? Like are you finding companies are, are all thinking as one mind on this? 
Yeah, some like some better than others. I think this this is like there's an org change, like an or who and how you partner with people, like change with product led growth. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, like, um, you, I used to think a lot about you know how do we partner with sales and really help sales and serve sales and a little bit success, but not much product. Like mm-hmm. s- certainly, like hey hey this new feature this new product is launching let's let's dig in from like a product marketing perspective what are we calling it what are the benefits like how do we how do we bring it to the market but not from like an ongoing like product engagement and so i think that like that is a new relationship for some like some mark heads of of mops like mm-hmm. you need to like yeah get it getting products on board and make sure they're on board and the, like the segment events is like a great example like hey we we're getting asked to do this kind of engagement the segment event for that doesn't exist. Like we need it to prioritize to go mm-hmm. um, and go create so we can go build that campaign. Like, I don't know if I've ever seen in my career before, like ha- needing products, like being dependent on products to go do something to do a marketing campaign. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a fascinating change for sure. I, we want to give you a chance to, to pitch inflection a bit here. Um, I, I think that like after building the case for, for PLG, like one of the biggest challenges for you guys entering the market, like a busy marketing automation space is going to be helping marketing ops, marketing automation managers build the case for like changing t- from a tool, right? Like we're, we're chatting with a bunch of different tools. Like John's been in HubSpot and Marketo. I've been in customer IO and Pardot a lot. We're having someone from iterable on the show, someone from message gears, like the space is really freaking busy. Like what's. Yeah. What's the value prop for inflection? Like how, how different is it from the rest of these tools and how are you carving out that niche? Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. It's um, we, we built natively for our product led businesses or, or businesses that have a, a product led motion. So um, a, a way to think about it is, is certainly marketing automation for product led growth, but you could also think about it as marketing automation built on top of your data warehouse. So this like source of truth for your business for most businesses especially product-led businesses, is moving away from, you know, Salesforce or CRM has everything we care about. Nothing, there's nothing outside of Salesforce we don't care about to now like, well, there's a lot you care about outside of Salesforce, like product <laughs> events and, um, any, you know, anything else in the data warehouse. And so we're built on top of the data warehouse to make it really easy for marketers to, to bring in that, the, that product events, bring in Salesforce data. Um, and we've specifically built our of marketing automation product for B2B companies where we match together product activity um, data from like segment and Salesforce data um, for like a native understanding of accounts. So building segmentation, building personalizations based on both product activity and like Salesforce data at the end of the day. And then making it really easy for marketers to go do stuff like that without having to like keep going back to data teams. Um, so that, that's how we think about it. We think about a big shift to the data warehouse and then, you know, how do you, how do you build kind of tools and features and functionality to make it easier for marketers and, and marketing ops to ingest that productivity data and, and, and be like owners of it and, and not, not be so blocked all the time on, on data teams or, or data infrastructure. Super exciting. It's a, yeah. a really nice shift for sure for, for automation folks. By the time by the time we publish this episode, you'll you'll have launched already. So right. I guess c- congrats on the launch. <laughs> ah, cool. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> 
We uh, want to shift gears a little bit, Dave. Um, you you have a super exciting, fascinating career, kind of like diving into a bunch of different companies, always focusing kind of on, on marketing technology. Not only have you kind of held senior roles in, in some of those companies, but yeah. you've been kind of on the inside of two big, big acquisitions, yeah. uh, going from Visible to Marketo, and then only a year, year and a half after right. going from Marketo to Adobe. Right. Give us a sense of like that, that career story and how you ended up now as kind of a co-founder and CEO in this space and now working for a tiny startup versus like the size of enterprise teams that you've been part of before. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I recognize in my career, I've, I've been lucky, but but also privileged um, in my career and, and have had opportunities that um, aren't always available to everyone else. And so I always, re- I always recognize that aspect of, of my career. Um, it, it was awesome. I mean, um, I went, worked at Microsoft for a long time and then went to Visible when it was six people. And we sure. went from six to 120 in, in five years, which was it, it, like not the fastest growing startup, but, but fast, like, and constantly, like every year, it's, it almost feels like a new company um, just, just by that growth. So that like startup journey rounded me out a lot. Like probably before that, I would say like, I'm a growth hacker. Like I can get in there and do some very kind of tactical things and, and, have a, a growth mindset and it helped me kind of round out my skill set as as we as we grew with brand and, and product marketing and, and content. And I still have so much, so much to learn, but it it was an awesome opportunity to get exposed to things that you wouldn't get exposed to at a big company. Um, and then yeah, I got into to Marketo, got into Adobe, and um it's a it's a good environment uh, to work at a big company. And um, for some people, that is a great place to work, and and you should should work at a big company. And it's it's if you can if you can do that, if you can be satisfied at a big company, like stay, <laughs> don't go do startups. Like definitely don't start a startup. <laughs> and so like don't don't like go work at a startup. It's it's a good it's a good spot. It was a great spot. Like um, we we Visible got acquired the same month that we had twins, and so that journey into Marketo and that journey into Adobe was, was good at that time personally for me and, and being at a bigger company. But, um, I just like, I was, I can't get enough of the like MarTech, like joy and pain it is to, to build software. And so, and serving, serving marketers. So, um, we just saw this great opportunity with this shift and in product led and really thinking it's, it's, um, going to require and does require, a new way of thinking and a new way of um, kind of building software or, or software for it. And so just, just how to take this opportunity. Cool. Yeah. Such a, such a wild journey and uh, great insights along the way. Thanks for sharing Dave. Yeah, um, we asked all our guests this, uh, like you're a super busy guy, you're a twin dad, you're a husband, a startup founder, you lead a great community over on productled.marketing like how do you balance it all and, and be happy and successful on your day-to-day yeah a lot of help like, <laughs> like hiring good people working with great people um that, that certainly helps the the, the work day but we have a nanny and that like i couldn't i couldn't do this stuff without like <laughs> nanny and like reliable child care and so that that certainly helps the balance between uh w- work and life and a, and a and a supportive spouse too and um, and then to, to recharge, I love, I watch a lot of like formula one. Um, so that's my, like, that's my reality TV. Uh, I use that <laughs> nice. to like 
get in and disconnect. And I like, you know, not just the, the, the cars and the teams, but like the drivers and like, what are they wearing today? And like, I get really, really into it. Like, cool. Yeah. yeah. Awesome, Dave. Thanks all for your time, man. Uh, we'll uh, we'll let you get back to it, but uh, we'll share a bunch of links to the community and uh, the, the new landing page once you guys launch uh, by the time we publish. Thanks. Just thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's been fun to, to geek out and, um, you know, power to the marketers. Go get it. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Dave. Love it. Cheers. Thanks.